When I'm having a good hair day, that's when I'm my best self. I feel good. I look great. And I will say, painting sulfate-free rose water collection is a part of that. The Rose Water Collection. It feels and smells amazing and comes with a deep treatment that leaves your hair petal soft. It was inspired by Ramadan traditions when many in the Middle East break the fast with rose water because of its hydrating benefits. And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. The Only Way is Through, a new podcast in partnership with iHeartRadio and Under Armour. Players, coaches, and athletes will share intimate and personal stories of performing at the highest level. Here is Canadian heptathlete Georgia Ellenwood. The reason I won is because on that day I was confident. I need to continue that mentality to understand that I can be an Olympic athlete. I can compete with the best in the world and just perform. Listen to The Only Way is Through, available now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. And Kristen, um, I think it's my turn to share a slightly embarrassing anecdote with you. Ooh, yay. So this um, takes us back to sixth grade. Awkward time. Awkward time and a sixth grade camping trip. And a bunch of girls kind of hanging out, not talking to the boys, of course, because that would be too awkward. Gross. And uh, I lent one of my friends a sweatshirt. She didn't have one, and it was cold. And so I gave her the sweatshirt, and she put it on. She's like, oh, it smells like you. And I was sort of like, uh, like soap, like, you know, like a clean person. And she was like, no, like fake strawberries. Um, because at the time, I wore a um, a spritzer that was strawberry flavored given to me. a body splash? It might have been. I it, wore a lot of those in sixth grade, too. Um, it was not uh, the higher scale body splashes put out by such um, brands as Victoria's Secret or, you know, Body Shop. It was more like a, you know, like a kid's body spray <laughs> that smelled like strawberries. And at that point, I stopped wearing it because I didn't want to smell like fake strawberries. <laughs> Did you just smell like melted lollipops? <laughs> I, think, I think she meant it smelled like sugar. <laughs> And uh, that was sort of my first um, introduction to the fact that perfume is a distinctive thing that can mark your scent in the world. And I did not want to smell like fake fruit. Yeah, I think everyone has had some kind of experience uh, where they put on a scent that just turns somebody off, whether that's guy, girl, whoever. Because, yeah, I mean... With perfume, you either like it or you hate it. Yeah, but it did make me question if that's why I wasn't talking to the boys on that sixth grade field trip. That they weren't into strawberry lollipops. They weren't into strawberry lollipops. And, you know, it's good to learn that lesson early because as we learned in researching this question, does perfume make you more attractive? It basically does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think before we go any further, we have to point out that there is no scientific evidence that perfume can have some kind of aphrodisiac effect. I love those perfumes that are advertised to have some kind of creepy animal hormone <laughs> in them that's supposed to make someone of the opposite sex or whoever you want um, flock to you. Yes, as uh, portrayed in the movie Anchorman. Oh, yes. Well, Molly, even though there is no such thing as an aphrodisiac perfume, there is a definite connection between scent and attraction, especially for women, because women actually have slightly more fine-tuned senses of smell 
than men. And some researchers think that this is all part of our animalistic mating rituals. Ooh, tell me more. Indeed. There was a study conducted at the University of Lucerne testing whether or not women could be attracted solely by scent and sort of how, how all of that works. And what they did was they gave men uh, a single t-shirt to wear and they asked them while they were wearing it for an extended period of time to not use any sort of scented soaps or deodorants or cologne so that it could just get fully absorbed with their natural body odors. Okay. <laughs> Delicious, right? <laughs> so then they gave the women just the shirts, no pictures of the men or anything like that. They just gave the women the shirts to smell. And they found that the sense that the women were most attracted to correlated with the men who were the most genetically dissimilar from them. Mm. And they think that it's because women are biologically attuned to sniffing out men who are more genetically different so that they can have more successful offspring. Interesting, because that is completely counter to how perfume is marketed to women. Mm -hmm. Basically, what Kristen's saying is that Women just need the natural scent of a guy to know if there's going to be reproductive success. Mm -hmm. But women are told and have been told uh, throughout history, which we'll go over, that um, they need perfume to be attractive to men at all. Mm -hmm. I guess because men can't, don't have those uh, super sensors and can't tell for themselves who they need to mate with. I guess so. Well, all right. So, Molly, why don't we talk about what perfume is exactly? We know that it's usually a liquid, you spray it on you, but what is inside of it that makes it smell so delicious or revolting to some people? It's got alcohol, mm. water, Ooh. and molecules that evaporate at room temperature, and that's it. Yeah. The molecules are what provide the smell, um, and as you may know, there are sort of different levels of how much smell you're going to get in a bottle. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh the most concentrated amount of perfume oil uh, is going to be referred to as parfum, okay? <laughs> and then it goes down to eau de cologne and body sprays, like your strawberry body sprays that have the least amount of perfume oil. So that's why you have the different designations of um like parfum, eau de parfum. I am, I do not speak French, Molly. I feel kind of silly trying to I, do I'm really enjoying watching you try yeah. and do this. But, um, the point is just because you're wearing a perfume doesn't mean you're wearing like the cheap stuff, the stuff with less, um, concentration in it. That's mm -hmm. actually what you have to do to kind of get the actual good smell out of all these molecules. Yeah. Because perfume is designed to release in different stages. First, you have the, uh, you've got the top notes that will evaporate in the first 15 minutes, like when you first spray some perfume and you Im immediately smell yourself. That Those are the top notes being released. And then after three to four hours, the heart notes, those those deeper uh, deeper molecules are then released. And then finally, you've got the base notes uh, that will stick around after five to eight hours of application that are really the essence of the perfume. That's the stuff that's just, it's going to stick around on your on your sweatshirt. Yeah, and so the next time you get a ball perfume, treat it like a wine and impress all your friends by talking about bass notes and heart notes. Yeah, so I love the heart notes in your in your new cologne. Um, but one thing that I thought was interesting, Molly, was that after the top notes evaporate, perfume smells the same on everybody. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, because I thought that we pick different perfumes because... You know, they they'll smell different. My perfume will smell differently on you, but maybe it's just because our sense of smell 
is different. Not necessarily the way the perfume is released. Yeah, people have been looking at the psychology of why women even wear perfume. So there is this question of whether the perfume you like is kind of genetically ingrained with odor receptors or if it's more, you know, you start to learn what smells good to you. Mm -hmm. Because their scent is so individualized. There's no one scent that researchers have been able to find that every culture enjoys. Yeah. So let's just talk about maybe the differences between why men and women uh, might wear perfume. According to the book, The Scent of Desire, Discovering Our Enigmatic Sense of Smell, um, men wear cologne to attract women. <laughs> if anyone has ever seen a commercial for Axe Body Spray, uh, I think that marketers have definitely tapped into uh, to that to that reason behind it. And then older men supposedly do it out of gratitude to the women who gave them <laughs> their cologne, which, okay, I guess, as long as they like it beforehand. Yeah. But women, on the other hand, um, wear it for a little bit different reasons. Supposedly women in their 20s, like me and Molly, are inspired by the media to wear it. We see Jessica Simpson or Britney Spears or insert your favorite pop icon advertising different types of perfumes. And we're saying, oh, well, if Britney Spears wears that kind of perfume, I'll do it too. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably the last time people want to emulate all of Britney's behavior, but... <laughs> Just an idea. But maybe some people like it. But by our 40s, supposedly women are wearing fragrances just because we like it. We found something. Uh, for me, it is Chanel Chance that mm -hmm. we like, even though I'm not 40. I guess I'm ahead of my time. <laughs> um, and then by 60, women wear the things that they think other people like, usually like their daughters or other family members really enjoy. But, you know, it wasn't always that way, Kristen. I was reading a really interesting article in the Journal of Pop Culture that kind of evaluated perfume over time and how it's been marketed to women at different times. Mm -hmm. And um, it was talking about how in the 19th century, when women were very much living um, in a domestic sphere, serving husbands, raising children, um, you had to be very modest, and you couldn't wear much of a scent at all. It was sort of associated uh, with prostitutes Ooh. to be wearing a scent. And it wasn't until uh, the 1940s when, um, you know, the men went off to war and had pinups of girls mm -hmm. that um, it was kind of a good thing in society to be uh, an alluring female. And so that was why it started to become more and more acceptable that you could wear perfume to allure a man. Well, that makes sense because... Almost any perfume ad that you'll see has some element of sex in it. Right. Either the woman just has a come hither look in her eyes or she's rubbing up on another man or something. There's a very sensual aspect to perfume and marketing, probably because it can become sort of a part of your identity. It marked can. By your smell. But you know, in the 1950s, things haven't progressed for women that much. Your identity is still you know, as a good housewife. Mm -hmm. So all the ads of that time were just about like, this perfume will please your man wear it. Hmm. And men had none of those responsibilities. And then it's not until the 1970s when we've got a lot of um, women's lib feminist stuff going on uh -huh. that perfume became kind of a lifestyle choice. You can wear this because, you know, you're making a choice for you, how you want to smell. Interesting. Um, well, it's kind of funny that this marketing is really just linked to attraction and sexuality and all of that, because some psychologists think that Deodorant and perfume and all of these things that we're supposedly need to have to make ourselves look and feel more attractive has diminished women's capabilities of sniffing out a good mate. Oh, dear. Yeah. So maybe we're actually shooting ourselves on the, in the foot by dousing, you know. By shooting ourselves with perfume. Yeah, exactly, Molly. 
So, you know, think twice before you're putting on the perfume. Don't want to scare away potential mates. Yeah. But I will give a slight tip to all our mothers out there. I was reading that um, if your favorite perfume is one that's very similar to the one your mom used to wear, that is because, you know, scents do bring back emotions. And women often choose to smell like their mothers to bring back, you know, the presence of their mother, even when they're not there. Right, Molly. And just like your friend who knew you in sixth grade as her friend who smelled like frosted strawberries, um, it really does stick around with you. Yeah, I'm always going to be known as the strawberry girl. <laughs> Too bad, Molly. Too bad. <laughs> but if you want to learn more about smells and how perfume works, then head on over to HowStuffWorks.com. And if you have any questions or comments for me or Molly, you can email us at MomStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? So here's something that some of you might find shocking. 95% of women don't feel good about their hair. But Pantene is changing that. Pantene's Rosewater Collection combats bad hair days with an innovative formula that uses rosewater derived from the petals and buds of the Rosa Gallica plant. With Pantene's Rosewater Collection, I can really feel how much more hydrated my hair is. And it's sulfate, paraben, dye, and mineral oil-free, which makes me feel good because who needs all those additives? Experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. This episode is brought to you by NBC's Good Girls. The new season of NBC's Good Girls is generating serious buzz. Christina Hendricks, Retta, and Mae Whitman are hilarious as America's favorite moms turned criminals. This show is the perfect blend of comedy, action, and romance. No wonder critics call Good Girls your next TV addiction. And Rotten Tomatoes rates it 100% fresh. Ooh, Good Girls, Sundays on NBC. The new season has already had some wild twists, so watch live. And stream anytime.